You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Client Appraisal. And today I have with me Mr. Chris Hall from Rainier Title and Escrow. Chris, you've been on the show before. Thank you so much for coming on. And like you and I were talking about just a second ago, we're kind of at that stage where we know we're going to go back to some level of business as usual. It's not here yet, especially in Washington. We've probably got another month-ish to go. And what I'm doing is bringing back, is trying to bring as many people on in business and real estate, talk about their perspective of what it's going to be like moving forward. So you're going to talk about how during the shutdown and how title and escrow has been changed and how we are closing transactions in the real estate world in this new paradigm. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for coming on, Chris. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Sean. Appreciate it. Yep. There's a lot of folks that um, don't want to come on a podcast because it's the great unknown. So did you have any fears about... You've been out and about, right? You know, I've been out and about in the fact that I'm still working in our offices. Uh, I, I work out of my office in Tacoma primarily, and uh, we've kept, for the most part, our offices to 10 people or less. Um, so I'm not out and about the way that I previously Normally was and going to real yeah. estate offices. I've been out and about, uh, doing signings, uh, you know, to help the transactions move forward and, and basically being a mobile notary in, in terms of that, but yeah. being very protected with it and making sure we're taking a lot of precautions, but I definitely have not been out and about the way that I the way that you used were. to be. You were the last guy to come into our office like right before the real shutdown hit, before we all knew what was going on, it's like, Chris Hall is here. That's awesome. So you were still, were you kind of doing a Johnny Hustle to get out and Mm -hmm. see as many people as you could before we kind of had the feeling this is going to get weird? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, was, you know, knowing that things were going to be changing for us, whether or not we did actually have a lockdown, uh, it was the fact that you kind of saw over the horizon what was going to happen and that based on everything that's going out in the media that more people are going to kind of self-isolate without being told that they need to um you know in the in the probably the two weeks leading up to uh governor Inslee's lockdown i saw a lot less people out and about in the offices and a lot more real estate agents just choosing to work from home yeah um and knowing that that was happening i was you know, going out as much as possible just to try to see those people that were still out and about. Yeah, it was interesting. It was that last week or so, it would have been early March, yeah. like first week of March, yeah. maybe ish. And nobody was coming in, nothing was going on. It was like ghost town. And then all of a sudden, Chris Hall from Rainier Title walks in, like, Hey, Chris, how are you? And yeah. we kind of had that talk knowing that we were going into a really weird time. So now here we sit weeks later Uh so tell me what has changed with title and escrow are deals still closing yeah they're still moving forward we we you know again about that time when uh, i last saw you we were really doing a lot of preparations without knowing what was going to happen so we were you know planning out a lot of different avenues different roads that we could take Um, our biggest concern was that the counties were going to shut down and that they were going to stop uh, being able to record documents. So specifically the recording offices, you, we, we were afraid, oh my gosh, if this really goes sideways, recording offices are going to be closed down. And that game over for real estate. Game over. Um, now I was, you know, being as positive as possible when I was talking to my boss and talking to other clients and going, 
you know, I, I think worst case scenario, we may have a couple days of shutdown with the county just because they would figure out ways to reallocate resources, get people to figure out how to work from home. I mean, with the way the internet works and technology, it's a real possibility. It's, it's things that can, can transpire. Um, but 20, the, 20 years ago, we would have been shut down. Done. Yeah, done. absolutely done. I mean, I, if they were creative, then they would have, you know, one person in the county and um but for the most part they really did not miss a step with anything they just immediately said you know you guys go do this you do that you take this you have a computer you have this um there are still very very limited staff down at the county uh but they do have people that are working from home and um i in fact a couple weeks ago had to run down to the pierce county auditors uh department to get something taken care of and sure enough i mean you could get access into the building. They have phone numbers up. You can call for the different departments, but the actual offices were shuttered. And, um, you know, you basically had to, I had to go back out to my car. I made a call, talked to somebody. Sure enough, I ended up talking to somebody at their home and, you know, was needing to get contact with somebody in the actual auditor's office. And she said, okay, well, let me transfer you and I'll get you to so-and-so who's still in there. They transferred me to that person. I was able to talk to him, get them documents, do what needed to happen. Um, but they, I mean, yeah, they have people working from home. They have phone numbers transferred. They have people answering cell phones. So they, they really got creative very quickly and have not missed a step. Everybody's kind of adjusted accordingly and made it happen. It's kind of like when you're out in the, in the parking lot of a restaurant and you want to place an order, you know, you shouldn't go in and you call and then you like go in 10 minutes later, get your order, come back out. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Banks, credit unions, same thing. Mm -hmm. You might see somebody in there, but more than likely, you're gonna to have to call, make an appointment, and then you get to go in. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it it really the necessity of you know being able to be creative and, and have solutions that still work for everybody. Um, it, it it really was kind of amazing at how people realized this was really a scary thing. We need to make sure and take these precautions. And I mean, they implemented plans right away. Now, I think obviously some of these have modified because there were unforeseen circumstances. Um, but I mean, it, it really, we have not missed a step at all with the county. Yeah. Um, we, you know, have been e-recording for the most part uh, for the, about the last two years. Uh, but that's become okay. 100% now. It's, that's it's, the norm. It's all e-recording. And title and escrow, because they are in the financial services food chain of real estate, you guys were essential right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And on the appraisal end, we were 99% sure we were essential, but we didn't have the, there was no guidance initially when the shutdown happened from the governor's office. And then we got that very soon. And real estate brokers for two days were non-essential. Which, which is weird that, you know, I, and I get it when they're putting those plans in place uh, that, okay, this yes, this no, this yes, this no, but how so many of those things have overlapping yeah. um, forms to where yeah. it, it's like, okay, well, you're shutting this one aspect down. And, you know, knowing that the county, when, when they collect their excise tax for every um, transaction that closes, if they were to shut down, that's a very large source of income. Uh, for the county and you're so, basically whoosh, oh yeah you're, yeah you're cutting you're, off a couple thousand dollars per home being sold yeah um you know, that's not a good thing when you got a lot of other businesses not open no not taking in state tax mm -hmm. but it's a i mean it's such a good thing that the weed stores have been kept open because <laughs> got to medicate those people yes. Yes. and provide essential 
I mean, well, and I, I heard that their sales were up. I think forty percent uh, towards the end of March. That's now crazy. they've gone back down to normal, uh, their normal levels. But as soon as this thing kicked into place, yeah, their sales went up because they're again they're open because they're part of the agricultural, which is open. Yeah, I saw a news story um, a couple of days ago that there was a state on the East Coast, maybe Pennsylvania or somewhere in that area, that weed stores were open, booze stores not. Really? Liquor stores were shut. Well, in, in Washington, isn't it, it, the liquor stores are open if they have food, they were still able to, but I thought they were shuttered here okay. if they didn't have food. Okay. Now, most of them do have yeah. food of some kind. Because remember the way liquor stores used to be in Washington? It was just like hard alcohol and wine and yeah. some beer. But now, since the, that's in the grocery stores, wildly different landscape. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good to know that some state out there is like, yep, weed, good, booze, mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> priorities it's been a wacky ride yes. so you guys have been essential right from the get-go um what kind of things have you seen change we keep uh, in, in the actual process of signing somebody title title there's probably not a lot of change right because yeah. that's basically a report that gets pulled emailed out yeah that's a lot of research that yeah. we all have internally we're not doing in that aspect of it um there's not okay. a contact with a lot of outside sources yeah sources that we do reach out to the courts and whatnot we're still able to access those electronic data so can your employees can they access that from home mm -hmm. they can access it from okay home. so no major impact there because i know in the mortgage industry it's hard to have your mortgage people work from home because unsecured networks a lot of times in internet and they've got people social security they've got their password uh -huh. they've, they've got everything uh -huh. so some industries are way better suited for the data collection yeah and so title we work through secure cloud servers um, we had switched over to okay. cloud servers probably four years ago um, so theoretically we can log on to a Citrix system from anywhere okay access that is secure that's secure so yeah. people don't need to worry yeah and I think that's the main consideration is am I going to get hacked which you know that that was a concern going into this in the in the beginning I mean with the percentages of people losing earnest money and wiring funds even going in before this it's gone up exponentially by huge amounts year over year over year mm. um, just because monitoring emails and you know unsecure emails and whatnot people being able to hack in and change the wiring instructions that's always been a, a, a part of this that uh, hasn't changed um, unfortunately you know it just is a part of the reality we've done a lot of things to be able to you know fix that and make sure people are aware but it still happens. It still know. happens. People get hacked all the time. Huh? It, it It's crazy. So title, pretty much business as usual. Business as usual. Got some people working from home. Mm -hmm. Escrow. Escrow, typically, you think about sitting down around a big table, you know, real estate brokers helping their buyer, and the closing officer is sitting there going through all the paperwork, big, huge stack, mm -hmm. and you literally physically hand it to somebody yeah. much closer than six feet. Yeah, yeah. We so, don't have big, so how do you handle that? You know, um, it is probably about ten years ago we saw a larger accessing of using utilizing mobile notaries for signings. So it became a larger percentage of the signings. Um, okay. You know, we we still did have people come into the offices and do those face to face in our actual offices, but we saw a larger percentage of mobile notaries being used um, with the changing of COVID nineteen. 
that's all we do. We don't do signings in the office anymore. Okay. Um, it, it has all been through, um, I mean, us showing up to somebody's house um, and doing signings out in the driveway, doing signings in garages. Yeah, we hear about driveway signings through the window signings. Through the Tell windows. me about that. Tell me about some, yeah, so some crazy signings. The first kind of thing that we did is, um, you know, first of all, we'll bring two sets of documents to any signing. Uh, number one, so I can hold on to one. They can have one six feet away, however far away. I can then kind of explain, okay, this document is this. This is a no lease fixture. This is that. They're able to then sign off. Um, for the through the window signings, we've had a number of people that where we'll literally pull up in our car in their driveway. We, as the mobile notary, will stay in the driver's seat. We'll hand a set through the window. They'll literally go up to the hood of the car and they'll sign stuff and they'll go page literally by page. through the window. Through the window. Window signing. Yes. Yeah, That's so amazing. So you hand it out. They grab it. Take it to the hood. Take sign it. it sign it away. Bring it back. Grab the next one. Mm-hmm. And well, they'll just keep the whole packet of documents right with them yeah. on the hood, and they'll just go page by page. Okay, yeah, so they, you don't have all that back no. and forth. Yeah, we just hand them a packet. Yeah, and I've I've seen stuff in my research for this podcast where you lay it down on a table, step back, person grabs it, does their thing, puts it back, step up. Yeah, kind of like cash or your stuff at Seven Eleven. Put her down, step back, let them do their thing. Yeah. And, and we've kind of figured, you know, through, I wouldn't say trial and error, but um, in ways that, that a lot of us have realized in order to keep that distance to where, I mean, we always kind of even before this like to bring two sets of documents, then give the buyer or seller a set of their documents, you know, unsigned, but here's everything that you have signed. Right. We can scan you a copy afterwards that has your signature, but here's a set. We kind of utilize that and it just modified in the fact that me as a signer will keep a set so I can then explain to you what each document is because when we turn the page, I turn my page. Um, but we have two sets. You're signing yours. You're going page by page. We're trying to also get them the documents ahead of time, a day or two in advance, so they can review them review a little it. bit. Yep. Um, obviously, with lender docs, it's tougher because a lot of times, you know, if something is supposed to close today, we don't even get the lender docs till. 10 in the morning in the morning we, yeah. we schedule of the day of closing of the day of closing so yep. some of those lender docs we aren't able to um you know for the for the final numbers that they're that they're getting um but yeah i mean we're we're doing as many of these things as possible just to keep them safe keep us safe um you know make sure that everybody understands what they're signing and feels comfortable with it have you had any uh unusual circumstances where you just couldn't get a signing done for whatever reason. People were fearful, didn't want to do it. People backing out. What kind of experiences have you had there? You know, quite honestly, I haven't had any of those situations arise. Um, for the most part, it just is differing degrees of how much they want to protect themselves. Um, you know, for the most part, the transactions that have come through are, are you know, my book and, and come across my desk. We haven't had people that at the last minute, oh, I know don't want to do this because we're too afraid of this. We have had challenges where the seller is, you know, for instance, in the hospital um, and being able to a, access them and being able to do that sort of a thing uh, has presented challenges. But for the most part, depending, you know, if they're in a normal hospital room versus ICU, obviously, and they're incapacitated, there's other steps that have to be taken. But people have understood that this is just something that they need to do in order to sell or in order to buy. And you can tell right away, A, how concerned they are with COVID, how serious they're taking it, or just how much they want to make sure and protect themselves or their children. 
Um, and so some people are very much, you know, we're trying to prep them ahead of time. Hey, do you mind if we do this outside? If the weather's good, can, can you bring a table and set it on your driveway? Um, if the weather's bad, can you open, do you have your garage that we can access? Can you open that up and have it right towards the edge? We'll have the signer there. That way nobody's coming in your house that you are, you know, living in, living in. Um, they're not worried about getting infected. The signer is not worried about bringing anything in or taking anything out. Um, so it's, you know, for the most part, all of the buyers and sellers have been just really understanding with the situation and knowing that, you know, as times have changed, uh, we're doing as many things as possible to, pr to protect everybody in the situation. Have you had anybody reach out to like shake your hand and you're like, oh, we don't do that anymore. You know, it's funny is, is a lot of times, especially when you're, you're dealing with, uh, with the people that are signing, especially buyers, you know, they're very excited about them getting this new home. And, yeah. um, it, it's funny how almost every signing it has been said at least once I would shake your hand, but yeah. I get it. And so we kind air of do high, air five. high five or, you know, <laughs> we said, well, you know, wondering if this, we're going to end up taking over these, um, Eastern practices of bowing or, you know, that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah it's, it really has Which is fair. Yeah. everybody, you know, normally I'd, I'd love to shake your hand, but yeah. we'll just, is normally when, like when you walked in the door earlier, I'm like, I should go over and cause that's what I do. Oh, we don't do that anymore. It's weird. Hey, Chris from 20 feet away, come on in the salute or the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the air yeah. high five. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so escrow is uh, the transactions are happening. They're not happening in your office. The signings, and so you are going out and um, remote notarization. Mm -hmm. That is a key word that I kind of keep seeing mm -hmm. in online like notarization. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. How, how does these are kind of some of the options as workarounds and solutions for not having people physically sign? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, a number of years ago, uh, New Jersey was the first state to bring this to where it became a legal way of notarization. And it's an online notary uh, to where literally it's like a Skype call. You have the notary at one end of the computer. You have the buyer or seller at the under, other end of the computer. And primarily it was utilized for power of attorney and a lot of other those sorts of documents. Real estate in certain states, it's become something that's become accessible. Um, but literally they go through a verification process that the signer is who they say they are. So they're answering questions similar to what they would on a credit report uh, to verify who they are. They show their ID. Um, they scan the computer around the room um, to make sure there's nobody there that is making them do this. Um, holding a gun to their head. A gun to they their are head. not under duress. Yes. That's amazing. So you literally pan whatever camera around, get a picture of who's in the room. Exactly. Because two years down the road when there's a dispute, hey, I was under duress by who? Nope. It's, all, there. it's all recorded. It's all okay. recorded so you can bring up that uh, video footage. And uh, they do the signing. I mean, um, it's it's similar to you know the way that uh, uh, buyers and sellers work with a real estate agent where they're doing signing their documents off through AuthentiSign. Um, but yeah, they're signing everything through the computer system. Um, the biggest caveat and the, the system that, that we have faced is it's all dependent on the lender. Um, there, there's a very, very limited number of lenders going into this COVID shutdown that allowed it. And hmm. you can have a buyer and seller that want to take advantage of this, but if the lender is not set up for it and doesn't allow it, the seller can't even utilize it. Yeah. So the, the lender What percentage do you think of lenders going into this were allowing the virtual notarization? Again, I, I think up in this area, we had maybe four 
to five that even allowed it out of all the lenders in the area. Wow. So it was a very... So super small percentage. Super small percentage. And then there's even certain aspects of a transaction depending on what is in place, whether it has to do with there's an estate, there's this, or there's other complications of mm. the loan type, yeah. they may not allow it. So it's right. even a smaller percentage Depending of on the types. situation, yeah. yeah. You know, that's so similar to the appraisal gig is where you see all these headlines of, oh yeah, you can do an exterior inspection. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac said right off the get-go, no, you guys are still going an into asterisk. every house. Yeah, there's an asterisk of the situations where that was acceptable. And it's so small that it's not even worth talking about. So going into this, very few lenders. How about now? We've we've had a few more lenders that have, have um, realized this is a it's a, a good thing but b it's it's a necessity right now for us to be able to do and so we've had a, a, a couple other lenders that they have this in the works they're working on getting it accepted along with the way that their system works but primarily you know the the way that i think this is going to be accepted on a much larger scale is a the legislation that's going through the house and the senate um, to make it legal in all 50 states is, mm. is going to help with lenders that are out of state, you know, operating yep. out of Texas, but they're doing loans here. It may not be legal in Texas, but it's legal here or wherever. So if once it becomes legal in all states, that's going to make help. it uniform. uniform. There's a standardized yeah. process. So what does that do for a mobile notary? You know, I, I still think mobile notaries are going to be Utilized, yeah, um, and are they being utilized heavily right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the the biggest thing with the the mobile notary is, or with the online notary is, you know, these other platforms that have been created more recently. Um, it's been platforms instead of them having their own notary at the other end of the computer. It's someone like myself. Um, so I went through the process of getting um, a endorsement added to my notary stamp. To where I can now utilize a platform to be able to do this. Um, so these companies. So it's like you're certified. You have to get certified. I'm going through a training process okay. right now. Yeah. What's that like? You know, it's basically it's an online tutorial you're going through, and so there's, okay. um, for instance, I just um, went on yesterday, and the first portion there's about eight or nine videos that you have to watch that's okay. all about training. You're obviously learning about the process. So you're actually standards. getting some education. Getting some education. Okay. Yeah. On a new tool. Yeah. That during a pandemic, super helpful. Yeah. And and I it wouldn't surprise me if that most mobile notaries will also go through the same process in okay. in understanding that they can then utilize this tool that is not only going to make their job easier because they're not driving all over the place to do this when it's accessible yeah um and that they're still able to do their job i mean you know nowadays if i do three to four signings a day depending on where they are even if they're all in pierce county or even if they're in king county depending on where they are it's you know me getting the documents in one office i drive an hour to somebody's house the, the signing then takes an hour, then it's an hour driving them back to drop them off at our office. Then you start all over with the next process. So if you're able That's to, hustling if you're doing like four. That is hustling. That's a that's a start at eight in the morning and you're going to five o'clock at night. Easy. Easy. Yeah, and and that's, that's if you take a lunch break. Yeah, lunch break. And lunch break is driving through the whatever, going to your next. Protein bars and peanuts. Yeah, okay. Honest, like you take what little lunch you bring from <laughs> home and um, scarf it down before the next appointment. But if you're able to do these online notaries, you right. could do a lot more of them. So quite okay. honestly, you could be a lot yep. more efficient with utilizing the technology. Okay. What percentage of, 
signings are happening where you're going out versus online versus a mobile notary that you guys hire? What's that looking like? Quite honestly, the, the online notary, we still, we've only done a couple of them company-wide. So they're um, still early on. They're still very early on. Yep. Um, we really have done very, very limited number of them just because, again, the percentage of the percentage of the percentage that allows yeah. for them. Yeah, th- that's um, acceptable right yeah. now, and that will change, I would guess. Yeah, um, but we're still... For a number of weeks, uh, because we're still trying to, you know, figure out how to stay productive as a company, uh, you know, people like me, sales executives, we're out doing a lot of signings. I mean, that was becoming our primary yep. job. Okay. Um, and that You're was, on the front line. We were on the front line. Yeah. Um, but that was also due to the fact that we had a number of mobile notaries that kind of backed off because they were wanting to protect themselves and yeah. understanding the dangers that just like were the appraiser or real estate brokers. You know what? I'm going to take a break from this. I don't really want to put myself at that kind of risk. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-oh. Nope. Uh-oh. Somebody's not having a good day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we had more of them backing off. So then we were, um, stepping in and doing it. And it quite honestly was also, a money-saving proposition for the company. You know, when when we do our transactions for escrow, uh, our escrow fee, we actually at Rainier write in a mobile notary fee. So when we send out a mobile notary, it costs one hundred and fifty dollars. If you have a buyer and seller, take advantage of it. That's a three hundred dollar add-on fixed cost to okay. your transaction. Okay, bucks. Yeah, that's um, that's considerable. It is, and and we kind of decided a couple years ago we actually write that price into our escrow fee from the get-go because we want to be as transparent as possible with our pricing. You know, when, whenever somebody's getting their settlement statement and they know, you know, there's going to be commissions, there's going to be title and escrow fees, there's going to be recording fees, there's going to be an excise fee. And they don't like any of them. <laughs> they, 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 they cringe at, at a couple of them. They, it's wow, a necessary, okay. it's like, it's like the appraisal fee or the real estate commission, the real estate commission, people go, Oh my gosh, yeah. you guys are rich. Yeah. And, you know, that's the one transaction that guy does that year. <laughs> so. Well, you know, you hear 3% or 1% or yeah. whatever, and it isn't much. But then when you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. as a sales it price, it adds up. It adds up. Yeah. Um, so it, it really did, you know, allow us to be transparent with our pricing. But at the same time, is there's that fixed cost that we would do one mobile signing on either side. Now, if you had a husband and wife that couldn't meet at the same time, they would incur an additional $150 or somebody like myself would step in and do that second one as a complimentary fee. Um, So we were also able to keep our time busy with what we're doing. We're able to help our customers. We're able to save them from getting any additional fees that may be incurred. So it, you know, it was a win-win proposition. Um, but and it, bottom line is, is Chris got to keep working. I got to keep working. Yeah. Just, I mean, we've all had to kind of figure out, all right, what's the most essential thing of my services here? What do I do? Because there's a lot of folks who are not working and it's a brutal go. So we saw on the, uh, the unemployment today is somewhere around 30 million people, another, what, three and a half million people added to the unemployment roll. So how much, how much of your business is down? I know we're down a ton, and we don't really know the numbers yet, but it's like if there's any business going on at all, we're like, whoo-hoo. Yeah. Um, you know, quite honestly, our, a lot of our business model has changed in the fact that, you know, we did a lot more resale 
home sales, um, transactions versus refinances. Um, Now, whenever rates would dip down low, we would see an uptick with refinances. But primarily, we are seeing many more refinances coming right now. Um, So our book has changed. And, you know, obviously those have lower title premiums, lower escrow prices because it's less work involved in the, in terms of because you're refinancing existing mortgage that, yeah. So you're, you're not doing quite as much title research. The escrow process is similar to a purchase, but different. Um, so it, it really has changed in the fact that, you know, before we would see some reps that get two to three refinances. Some days they're getting 10 to 12 refinances that are coming in. Um, now, whether or not, you know, all of those are going to close, some of them are going to fall off, They're going to fall off, yeah. um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but we've, you know, definitely seen a, a, a decrease in resale uh, numbers that have come in. And that's just based on, you know, you're looking at the number of listings, the number of pending sales that have gone in. It's, it's just less people don't want inspectors walking through their home. No. They don't want they can't do open houses. Yep. They don't want that sort of stuff, you know, happening, as well as the fact that, some people that, especially if they're selling to buy something else, they're not wanting to be out and about, and they don't want to... It's that chain effect. Yeah. yeah. It's the food chain. It is. And the food chain is really spotty right now. And so when do you th- when do you think we'll go back to business as usual? Will we? You know, quite honestly, I, I, I'm hoping with kind of these if you want to call them soft opens with yeah. the way that they're slowly integrating. Yeah, I call them slow opens because it feels slow. Well, and you, you've, you've got to allow those things that are kind of on the fringe to where they don't allow large congregations of people to yeah. be able to get together and see how that goes and see, you know, okay, we're going to open this and then we wait a couple of weeks and we see if we see any sort of an update. Okay, we don't, then let's open these other let's things. Or well, maybe we just take a hard look at Georgia. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that state yeah. over the coming four weeks. Because they still had a lot of COVID activity and deaths. Yeah. And it, again, and they basically said, let her rip. This is what we're doing. I get it. You know, we were talking earlier about people saying we don't want to have our personal rights infringed. And right. it, it, it comes down to, well, is this really worth... Is, is the pinch worth the squeeze? Is it, is it worth it for yes... I may not personally get affected by this, but what other percentage of people are going to and how by much, your actions possibly. Yeah, and and, yeah, and, and that's the that's how, the rub. How much is it going to affect our being able to rebound sooner versus later? Is is yes, if we all open everything back up, we may go out, but we may still see certain restrictions for a much longer period of time. Yeah. Now, is that better than having these tight restrictions for a shorter period of time? You ask 10 people and probably 50% of them or 10 10 different people are going to have 10 different answers. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So I'm just kind of waiting for it. Not a big golfer. Do do some hiking. Not a big fisherman. You know, those are things that are pretty easy to open back up. They are. I want the gyms to open and the haircuts to get going. But those are the worst. I've, I've been cutting my own hair for about 20 years, so I've, I've, I just make sure that every couple of years I get a new set of clippers. You're good to go. I'm good to go. But Maybe you should do a YouTube video on how to how to how I, I cut my own that. hair. I thought about that. You when should I do cut that, my hair a Chris. Ago. It's, and it's it's funny. You When's almost, the last time you cut your hair? About two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So when when are you do again? Uh, probably another two. About every month I do. You it. should do that. Yeah. 
You should do a little intro. I'm Chris Hall from Rainier Title and Escrow. Here's how I cut my hair. Well, and it, it's it's funny. You almost want to do a time lapse of, of some of the people through all the Zoom meetings that we see now. And the, some oh, of the yeah. people that had the longer hair and how their hair is getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. And, and what are the options? I mean... Cut it short. Less you, I mean, but who cuts it short? You know? You're used to cutting your own hair. That's You got to be one of the small percentages out there willing to do that. I would not touch my yeah, own it was hair. trial and error. Again, it's, it took me 20 years to learn how to do it. There was there was a number of them that I would cut it one day, and I'd think that looks good, and I'd wake up the next day and like, oh. Oh, man. Looks like I'm going to have to cut it a little shorter. Not good. Yeah, yeah that is so crazy. Um, what additional forms are you seeing or using due to the pandemic? What's, what's that look like in a real estate transaction? Because I know there's some forms out there. Most of the stuff that, honestly, because our business, we just changed a lot of the physical contact with with customers. Um, quite honestly, the, the forms that we see come from the real estate side. Yep. Um, so it's, you know, a lot more of the, the COVID warning um, stuff that, that goes into place. You know, similar to a couple of years ago when we saw the increase of uh, wire fraud activity, how all of a sudden you started seeing those sort of forms being integrated in. Um, with the purchase and sales and people being aware of it. So when it comes to you know additional forms that people are having to fill out, quite honestly, the main ones that I'm seeing are from real estate um, buyers. There are some forms that are coming from the lenders um, that I think a lot of it has to do with preparatory of certain aspects of loan forgiveness or um, you know if people lose their job, that they're kind of really signing stuff. Well, you know, this is concrete that this amount is owed, and um, but it also leaves at least a little crack in the excess of, of somebody being able to. Okay, we need to do some form of a loan modification if I do lose my job mm. based on this unforeseen pandemic. So there are some provisions being set up in addition to the form twenty two FM, which is the force majeure. Mm-hmm. Form, which basically is for a pandemic or an act of God, a flood, a mm-hmm. major catastrophe. That's the one that we're using mm-hmm. that provides, all right, if this happens or something goes sideways due to this, you can extend it out or mm-hmm. here's, here's the provisions. Well, and for the most part, I, I, people have been really understanding. I mean, you know, obviously people's frustration levels are, are pretty high. Um, but, you know, I understanding that this is affecting all of us you know a lot yeah. of times you have a buyer or seller and if you were to have some sort of an act of god or something previously it would almost just affect one side of the transaction and so the other side of the transaction had to be more understanding because we're all in this together we really have seen a lot of understanding in with people understanding okay we can't get this schedule or we can't do this or we can do this or we need to do this and and people have have, have been very gracious in Understanding that if there's delays, we get it. You know, as long as they're not unreasonable delays, as long as we understand that everybody, we're doing everything possible to move this forward. Right. Both buyers and sellers um, in all of our communication have been really understanding with things, which has been, you know, that's great. Showing a lot of yeah. grace, and it's it's been very positive. We've got one transaction that blew up right as this was going down, and that earnest money is still being disputed. It's like, hey, you know, and what it was on our side, our buyer lost their or, or, uh, their income. Um, Uber driver, their income is not solid moving forward. I mean, you keep hearing about 
Lyft, Uber, all those. Nobody's going around. Nobody's running around. So those guys, their income moving forward isn't, you can't count on it. No. And the lender said, yep, no, we're and denied the loan on the day of closing. And so that's the only one we've had. We've had a bunch of other deals that have blown up. Mm-hmm. And understandably so, people, they're, they're freaked out mm-hmm. when this all first went down. So we lost a bunch of transactions mm-hmm. because of that. And it was, it was like I went through a few days where I'm like, well, I wonder how many deals I'm going to lose today. Right. And that's literally what I dealt with was, oh, there's another Not one. Not if, it's how many. Yeah, it's how many. Yeah. And it was a handful every day for like a better part of a week. Yeah. And I'm like. I hope I hope the bloodletting is over because we don't have many deals left that are going to close. And then slowly, things are coming back. Uh-huh. And that's why I want to do these podcasts with guys like you because you're seeing what's going on. So are you seeing the same thing I am, which is there's more, a little bit uh-huh. more rotation? I've seen a few more homes, um, you know, that are whether they're going to be hitting the market soon or they're on the horizon for, yeah. for whether or not when, when yep. stuff starts to again slowly open or fully open yeah um, these these ones are ready to go and prep and you know we're still seeing homes that people need to sell and they're realizing you know what there's no reason for me to delay this anymore um, we have already moved into our other home or yep. we've already bought our home in the other states and so we don't have these contingencies we're having to deal with um, and so we're still seeing homes that are coming on, coming on the market. And, and if you're a home seller, there is not much competition out there. And prices, I just did a podcast on prices not really dropping. They, 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 even going into this, you know, I saw with the percentage of inventory that we had, it wasn't like we yeah, had a what inventory? Market. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was none. <laughs> it, it was still a seller's market, and yeah. so you you're not going to see the price decreases like we did after 2008, 2009. It it really has been the yep. fact that it's you know it, it's the amount of buyers and the amount of, amount of sellers and, and really low interest rates and the mortgage forbearance. People don't have to freak out about okay, I lost my job, but now I'm going to lose my home as well. This is really going to be terrible. They they know they at least have that option, whether or not they're going through that. Well, and, and even with the mortgage forbearance, um, I had a couple conversations with my uh, CEO and COO last week about that, just trying to get some more information. And, you know, it, it, it's quite honestly, it's kind of like the wild, wild west for lenders because they kind of said, you know, the government said, yes, we've got this plan in place to be, be able to forgive people's mortgages for a couple months. But how each lender is tackling that is different. And, you know, it's some of them are, they're going through the process from what I understand and I haven't had to deal with these is it's going to be similar to the loan modifications that were done yep. um, after 2009, 2010. Yep. So they are going to be signing new documents and getting recorded because it is changing the terms Change of the, the rich terms of the original deal. But we yeah. have heard that some lenders, they will say, okay, yes, we're going to forgive this three months. However, if once we get to the end of the amortization schedule, that three lump months of payments sum. a lump sum, as opposed to we're just adding And not months. just your three months. We're going to add that fourth one in the U.S. for four. I it's just did there. a podcast, I think a couple of days, on lump sum not required. Yeah. And that was the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac dictate on Monday. Mm-hmm. They basically said to all, all the lenders, here's what you guys need to do, but we're not going to tell you exactly how this is yeah. going to go. And so a lot of lenders are like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a mortgage forbearance. But like you said... 
lump sum. How's a lump sum payment going to go when a dude's been out of work for 90 days and then all of a sudden you're going to come up with four mortgage payments? Yeah. No, I, I, I can't imagine that being something. I mean, the best thing that, that we can warn people to do is make sure that if you're wanting to go through this process, contact your lender. Ask yeah, for that's all that the documentation yep. ahead of time so you yep. are fully aware. And whether yep. or not that lump sum is due once this is done or they just tack it on again to, to the, the end, end of the 30-year. Yep. Now, whether or not people go the full 30-year term or they refinance, you know, that's it's it's rare that people will if they're even 10 years in that they're going to stay with that same loan for the additional they're going to refinance it they're out refinance it especially out. if interest rates are going to do what a lot of people think they're going to do which is go down are we going to see rates crazy. are we going to see rates consistently under three i think in 2021 you do i it wouldn't surprise me i mean that's kind of a pattern yeah so on the forbearance thing this has been a huge thing I, we did a video, and I think I've had like 2,500 views on it, wow. which for us is a lot. And it was, should you do the mortgage forbearance? Mm-hmm. And so the other options were spreading out. So say you don't pay for three months, mm-hmm. take those three months of payments, spread it out over a year, mm-hmm. and you go on a payment plan, mm-hmm. which is another better option than mm-hmm. the three months of lump sum. But still, if you haven't had a job for three months... Guess what? You got a million bills that have piled up. Yeah. You're not you don't have money for a payment plan either. No. And it's not like, you know, even if you lost your job, I mean again, those, those bills keep coming. It's yeah. not like your income it's level has stayed the same and yeah. you're just yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, all I got to do is catch up on my mortgage, that's it. <laughs> you know, there's just so much of effect of that. It is. Yeah. It's it, a crazy time. It's scary. Yep. Have you had any buyers who or sellers who have been abroad and because of travel restrictions haven't been able to fly back into the US? We haven't had too many of those pop up. Quite honestly, the, the one that I've seen more is when we have a property that's owned by an LLC mm-hmm. and one of the members of the LLC is abroad. And so typically they would then come back to the U.S. and sign their documents Mm -hmm. or we would use one of the systems in place. And typically what we did before this is in order to sign a, you know, document that's legal for the U.S., it would have to be signed on U.S. soil. Yeah. So they'd have to go to an embassy or a consulate. That's exactly the notes that I had was embassy or consulate. (laughs) Which have shut down. So it is, it is that right? Yes, they are. They are locked down. They're, so it has not allowed. Wow. So the other option in all countries, as far as I know, they they were shut down. Now whether or not those have started to open up, I haven't heard. Um, but are I, they like banks where they're shut down but open? Because how do you shut down a consulate or an embassy? I'm sure there's still employees that are there working. Yeah, but they've kind of shut it down in people being able to utilize to, it for to, these to go do the services. Yeah, so some of these services have been cut wow. down. Um, That's crazy. So the the one that I had a couple weeks ago, and I had to educate myself because I haven't had to deal with this, is uh, it's actually the use of an apostle, which is similar to a mobile notary. But there's a handful of countries out there that are part of the Hague. And so if a, the, one of these countries is a part of the Hague, and... How do you spell that? Hague? Yeah. H-E-G-U-E, I believe. Um, An but apostle. It's apostle. <laughs> apostle. I have never heard of these terms. I'm writing them down. I'm telling you. I, w- I will. education. <laughs> um, I will research them. Yeah. So so if, if these countries are part of the Hague, which is yeah. you know a national consortium of countries. Okay. And if one of these people is, is, are in one of these countries and an apostle is an option, it's... What's an apostle? It's 
just like a mobile. It's like a notary. Okay. It's so it's it's kind of like another country's version of a mobile notary. Well, and it's it's basically like an overseas version to where we okay. we have these relationships with these other countries to where they're tight enough. You know, if if somebody's in. I think, for for instance, India is one of the countries that it is because we have that positive relationship and the apostles' access. Now, if it's okay. a country like Iran, not so much, not right. a part of the Hague, so yeah. we, we couldn't do that. But um, with with countries that it's allowable. What about China? I don't I don't remember if China was. Okay. How about Russia? I don't remember. Just Russia. trying to get a feel for yeah. who's yeah, Hague and who's you, not. If you literally go to. Um, if you search Apostle and Hague, you literally go to a website that shows... Oh, it just dials it in. Yeah, right. and I, like I said, I want to say that India stuck out because we had somebody that was in India, so we had okay. to confirm that, that this is it, and right there at the list. Right so there, okay. I didn't didn't quite So that is list. an option to have somebody that's abroad go do that? But again, it's one of those things to where we have to confirm all this information ahead of time. We have to confirm that it's allowable per the transaction. Um, I don't know if... That would be something that would be allowed for buyers per se when it comes to loan yeah, documents. Because you're all those loan documents from the lender. Yeah, so because they, they still require wet signatures yeah. on stuff, and if that's allowed, now I, this was and a, a wet seller. signature being an actual pen hitting paper, hitting paper, and then yeah. those physical documents coming yeah. back to us. Um, so for, old school for buyers, it may be different. Yeah. Now, if it's a cash buyer, no lender, different situation. Um, and even with cash buyers, is they have the ability to also take more advantage of those online notary situations because there's no lender that's dictating your yes or no. Obviously, there can be certain situations on the property that don't allow for it. So it's like with any of these types of things, we really have to do checks. Okay, yes, this is. No, this isn't. We can't. This is how we're going to proceed. So you see all these different forks of uh, in the road and which ones we have to take, and and it's situation by situation right 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 so moving forward and this is a question i've been asked a bunch can a seller cancel a transaction because they don't want vendors or inspectors coming through because they're isolating what would your recommendation be so this was a question that i actually saw um pop up a lot more when this whole situation was first going in and becoming more prevalent in the U.S. before yep. we had the lockdown. Yep. And I had actually asked two lender friends of mine that exact question um, because, you know, in, on the real estate side is they were having to be very cautious in the fact that we couldn't discriminate um, against somebody coming in the home. And so if you had sellers that were wanting to sell their home and they're asking the real estate agent, well, okay, yeah, this buyer's agent is going to be doing a signing here. And the sellers are saying, okay, well, have they been to China? Have they done this? Have they done that? Have they traveled abroad? And asking those kinds of questions. And literally the you know agent to not discriminate is kind of saying, well, we can't really we ask, can't really ask those that. questions. But those are legit questions. They're legitimate questions. During a pandemic. Yeah. And, and yeah. that was the question that I asked the lender. I said, so just on your perspective before you know, we move forward. Can you really see that if a buyer was to want to purchase a home and they're not allowed access to it because of whatever, and this goes to court, can you see that they would be able to win or that the sellers would be able to win? And his perspective was like mine where it's, you know, an uneducated slash educated guess on, I can't imagine that any judge in the land would say, 
oh yeah, we're going to side with the buyer on this and saying, yes, they were discriminatory. They're, they're protecting themselves. Yeah. Um, but because I haven't seen any court cases pop up over right. this, I can't determine what a judge yeah. uh, would say. This is one of those few times where you think in your mind, here's probably how it would go, at, go down. Yeah. But what I've been telling people is contact your attorney. Contact your attorney. Hands That's down. the bottom line. Is yeah. it, we as brokers can't answer it. Title escrow can't really answer it. Well, and even attorneys, they're, they're, I think they would have to you know, look at certain precedents and look at court cases to where stuff like this has been similar. Right. Um, but quite honestly, the, the biggest thing that we've seen is when a transaction was moving forward early in this, if somebody didn't want them to go through their home, they didn't want to have inspectors and that kind of stuff, the recommendation to them was, you got to pull your home off the market then. Because right. this is just the right. reality of selling Or home. extend out that transaction. If, if you're willing. Yeah, you know, if, if people are willing. Are willing. Yeah. Have you seen many transactions get, get kicked out as far as timing-wise? We've seen some extensions <laughs> come in, um, but it's more of just because timelines were not able to be met within the restrictions of what a normal, in a normal environment, normal economy was able to do. Right. It was just that, okay, we couldn't get this thing, we couldn't get this inspection scheduled this week. Yep. However, and that's just due to the fact we had some inspectors say, I'm out. Yep. So they basically said, but we can schedule it, it's the next week. So we've seen those sorts of delays in the transactions, um, but they're kind of incremental. Um, yeah. They're much smaller, and it's yep. as long as everybody is moving forward with the time that's allowed to them, you know, to kind of say, hey, here's a grace period because this stuff is different. And um, that's where the Form 22 FM is a help because it provides timeline for, okay, you can have an extra XYZ number of yeah. days. And we saw a lot of transactions get extended out because nobody knew if inspectors were going to be essential. Yeah. Are appraisers going to be essential? Can our buyers even get financing? Mm -hmm. And we just didn't know. And so we're seeing fewer and fewer of those. And we are seeing more transactions. Are you guys doing, are you guys pulling more title for pending transactions? Have you seen that or kind of about the same? So definitely again, on the purchase side, we're seeing less uh, transactions come in um, for us. So it's, it's, you know, if we were to receive X amount, now we're receiving Y amount for purchases. Um, so it's substantially less, substantially less. Yep. Um, now what percentage of those are going to have buyers attached? Um, I think it's still quite honestly, the ratios are pretty similar. Um, just because, I mean, you can attest to the, the ratios of homes hitting the market versus homes that are pending. Um, you still have pretty similar ratios. Yep. It's just a smaller piece of the pie. And also the ratios on, the, on my other end of business, which is the appraisal, It's there's still a fair number yeah. of purchases relative to refis. Yeah. And that kind of surprises me because I would, I would have thought that, and I listen to my appraisers, I, I ask them, hey, you know, your purchases versus refinance, what's that look like? And a lot of them are like, I'm still doing a fair number of purchases. Uh -huh. Yeah, they're still in. So, so they are out there. Uh -huh. And one of the things that I have seen is in the last week, we've had, Nikki has to go out and he goes out and videos each of our listings, mm -hmm. does a walkthrough along with drone, and he's got a bunch lined up for next week. Oh, wow. So a little bit of activity, better than none. Absolutely. And it's it's like anything that, that with the technology that's be able to use and with any of this kind of stuff, you're almost able to kind of refocus on those things that might have been blurred before you know you because before you may have you know 
hundred transactions that you're constantly f- focusing through for said month. Now you've got 70 of them. Well, there was a lot of these things that we still did, but we're even also figuring out these other ways to kind of streamline these processes and ro- make this more robust because actually putting a little bit in here has a bigger payoff. And it's, it really is a, the, the benefit of it is you've been kind of able to reanalyze your processes, how you're doing things, how you're moving forward. So it's, you know, like anything, it's, you've, you've got to look at your glass half full. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise it's pretty empty right now for a lot of people. And that's one of the things I was watching a Gary Vaynerchuk uh, video. He's, he's rather caustic at times and he's difficult to get through, but he has some really good messages. And one of his messages was whatever is kind of coming out of your personality is going to get just exacerbated by this whole thing. Cause you're either going to be like, all right, I'm going to make this go and I'm going to make this happen. It's going to work. Or, oh my gosh, the world is ending, going to go down that. And I think that's what you're seeing, especially coming out of this, is people who are like, I'm going to go get that business. Mm -hmm. Or, business is over, I don't want anything to do with this, I can't have anything to do with this. The sky is falling. Yeah, the sky has fallen, it's over, game over. Well, and it's anything, you you put people in a stressful situation. Yeah, a lot of stress. They're... they're personality becomes accentuated and what they're going to be able to do. And it's a difficult, tricky time. So, hey, I wanted to say thank you for doing a signing on one of Ilias's leases. Mm -hmm. You did a signing on a lease, I think. You get nothing out of that. But appreciate that. And that's one of the reasons we use you and Rainier Title is because you guys are a local company and you guys have some great product. You've got Breakthrough Broker and so I wanted to allow you to talk about Rainier Title a little bit here. You know, uh, the biggest thing with us is we, we are a locally owned company. Yeah. Um, all of our employees live and work here. We don't do examining overseas. We, everything is here. Um, our ownership is here. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of like sometimes David and Goliath when it comes to us competing against some of the national companies. That's um, kind of how Summit feels like going up against a Windermere or a Compass or whatever. It's like, uh, this is game over from the outset, but we're still going to go. You know, it, 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 irregardless of the way things are handled, we, we, we have a really, really good group of employees. Um, we have a lot of wealth of knowledge that goes in. We have a lot of collaboration on things. Um, you know, we, we don't have the, the deep pockets like the nationally traded companies on the stock exchange, but we can really change directions very quickly and we can pivot very quickly. Um, because we have the ability to, you know, reach out and have those conversations with our executive team. Uh, they can make decisions very quickly yep. on things and be able to implement them. Now, some of them, if they're based on third-party vendors and whatnot, it, it just, that's the time frames. Um, but outside of your control. They're outside of the but control. But if you need to have a call with your CEO. I pick up the phone, he calls. Yeah, and yeah. that's a beautiful thing, and that's a lot of why brokers tend to work with Summit. Same thing. There's some dude who's their managing broker who can actually get an answer from. And so that's why we love working with Rainier Title for that reason. So thanks for what you do. And also, you're the last guy that came through before the pandemic went down. So more power to you. So, And are you still out? Are you going out every day? How's that going? Are you doing... 
You know, honestly, uh, primarily my work has been, I've been staying in the offices. Uh, I've been staying in my office yeah. in Tacoma near my home um, yeah. and working out of there and just doing a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot yeah. of phone calls, making sure transactions are good. If I go out and about, it's to do signings. Um, since, okay. since real estate offices are shuttered at this point in time, we're yeah. not out doing that kind of stuff, but, you know, still doing meetings with people. Um, if, if a lot of people right now are, are trying to kind of, again, reallocate and figure out those those areas of their business that were blurred um so we have a lot of people that are doing farming and whatnot and so it's kind of them figuring out their database what yeah. they want to do with it how they want to move forward so okay. i'm sharing my screen i'm pulling up information so they can see exactly what we're doing get the numbers get stuff honed in uh so they can be prepped and ready to go for once the floodgates get open right and i think that will happen and so people need to for to to not forget you guys are available to help with like yeah. farm lists and marketing you guys are a great resource for that yeah. thank and, you and, yeah and so and i know you've helped a number of my brokers um trying to get that going because you guys can basically create some pretty specific marketing mm -hmm. for people to reach out with campaigns that kind of thing and you guys are more than happy to help with that most of the time for free or low cost the, the, the way that the the farms work since we're governed by the insurance commissioner in the state of washington yeah um we, it's not for free is it it's not but for there's free. there's some marginal the, the, cost. the stuff that's free that yep. we can give out is like last recorded deeds property profiles you know basic information on homes deed of trust yep. that sort of thing when it comes okay. to the farming information uh we do charge two dollars for a farm yeah i mean if you get a list of fifty five hundred 2000 it's two dollars for your list um so basically that's basically free it's basically you got to charge something we, to comply we cover our right. cost yeah we're, we're compliant that's about what all yeah. the other companies charge in the area okay um and so we we get this information out to them um when it comes to the marketing you know we're always talking about okay what message do you want to get out so the we're prepping the the um broker to be able to have you know, something of value that they're sending out to individuals. We, we don't, as a title company, we can't produce that kind of stuff anymore. The marketing materials, we can point them towards some resources that they can utilize. And then, um, I always kind of have ideas. What about this? What about that? But it's, you know, them figuring out what sort of message they want to do. What sort of item of value do I want to get into this person's home? And then we make sure once we've get that honed in, I'll then find those homes that match who they're trying to go after. Right. Yeah. The perfect farm. Huh? Yep. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming in today. I've had other guests that have just said, yeah, I'm just not comfortable doing that. So I appreciate you braving these weird times. Thanks for having me. And if people need to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, email me, uh, okay. chrisha at rainiertitle.com. Okay. Uh, they can give me a call, 206-769-5066 as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy to... Uh, to answer any questions that anybody has. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, you bet. You've been a great resource, and thanks for sharing all the stuff about changes that are happening, how we're doing escrow. I think um, people have a better idea after listening to this podcast of, of what you're doing. So, thanks, Chris, Sean. thank you so much. Thank you. Again, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summer Properties Northwest, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal. Thank you for watching on YouTube this episode, and if you're listening on our podcast, we appreciate it so much. We'll catch you in the next one. Thank you. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.